This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. What will be, will be. Welcome back to You Should Watch, a TV recap podcast. We are talking about from Season 2, Episode 9, Ball of Magic Fire. I'm Joe Lipson, and I'm joined, as always, by Sheree Bohannon. Hey, Joe, hey! All right, ma'am. Here we go. Penultimate episode of season two. What'd you think of this one? I definitely got the energy of we're about to wrap up our season. Mm-hmm. It's not the way we saw it coming because we thought two part wedding bloodbath. Right. We are so far from the wedding though. <laughs> right. Uh, there's no wedding on the horizon. It's literally, oh, nobody can sleep all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> one of my notes is literally the monster's coming for them in their sleep now. And this has gotten real. This is... mm-hmm. <laughs> They're doing too much now. Oh, boy. Yeah, so why don't we start there? Because this is the brand new development. We were speculating last episode, what the fuck is the deal with this guy who bursts out of his house and he's covered in blood and screaming? So we learn in this episode that this is Reggie. He is played by Zach Fay. I looked at the IMDb. Apparently, we have seen him a couple of times before now. I'm guessing he was hanging out in the background of one of these scenes. But um, yeah, so we, we learned very quickly that his girlfriend mother female companion paula apparently cracked in her sleep and this is uh some good body horror shit going on because this woman's body is wrecked i was like first off not in the dreams but mm-hmm. secondly i had just rewatched nightmare on elm street the day before right so i was like this is some freddy Krueger shit i'm into it <laughs> well and now we're doing a fucking old-timey nursery rhyme you know like <laughs> Someone is on their West Craven era, and mm-hmm. I'm not mad. <laughs> no, because honestly, this is, I, I could see people getting frustrated with the show and saying there's too many mysteries, we're not getting enough answers, they just keep dogpiling on top of it, but this felt to me like the right amount of dogpiling. Like, we are taking characters who are already on the nice edge of cracking and saying, oh, guess what, now you can't sleep anymore. Like, these people are about to start murdering each other. Listen, like people have already gotten stabbed and now they mm-hmm. can't sleep. I <laughs> I also think it's a very nice, because we have all these other mysteries and so we forget the ultimate slow burn in the background. Right. Which is Boyd moved here and got people a system and found talismans. And so mm-hmm. like the monsters aren't eating as much. And right. they also do like playing mind games. Like this whole season has been like, hey, let's fuck with Boyd's mind. And let's like <laughs> do these callbacks to his previous life. And so it only it only makes sense that the monsters or whatever the powers may be would be like, you know what? Take away their sleep. We need mm-hmm. to elevate. Well, we're going to have a whole separate conversation with Sarah because Sarah gets a lot to do in this episode. And I know you always have those spicy takes with this character. But she does say one thing in her conversation with Kenny where she says, when we came back from that excursion, Boyd and I, things felt different and the town feels different. And I really do feel like that's the thing. When we look back on what has happened in season two, you and I zeroed in on it right away. You know, all of a sudden the ghouls seem to be playing with people. That's why we got that poor girl with the spike through the head. So 
the town has been shifting like the food supply is dwindling all of a sudden it's getting cold where we never had cold before so something has been happening for the entirety of this second season it's just that we're only now really starting to face the consequences of it because like those other things you could kind of deal with you can't not sleep exactly exactly it's like a pressure cooker and like Mm -hmm. all these things are definitely about to like not only boil over but just like explode and it's gonna be beautiful and i'm so excited and i i know i have my short list of people i want to die Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i feel like because we've been very we've been very almost like judicious we're not killing just anybody anymore it's like we're really doling it out exactly because like last season it was like oh that's a pro- never mind they're dead, they're uh, dead. <laughs> didn't even know your name you're already dead <laughs> right and i i miss that energy but also i feel like this means that this season finale we're gonna definitely have some people who are possibly important characters not come back in season three Hmm. well that seems like a nice segue to maybe talk about the problem on the show because we do seem to deal with Randall. I don't think that he's dead. I think that he, Mariel, and Julie are the three from the nursery rhyme who have been taken. So I think they're all going to be in cicada comas in the finale. But uh, we're not going to have to deal with Homeboy causing problems because he's maybe going to be lying flat on his back for the finale. Can I just say, I know we talk about how Harold Perrineau is always the moment, but Mm -hmm. seeing Boyd show up with the gun to be like, Randall, shut the fuck up. Hero moment. I loved it. It's what we've needed all season because (laughs) we have Jim out here enabling (laughs) this weirdo (laughs) and he's being thrown around with his like nine packed ribs. And I'm just like, (sighs) really, Jim? Donna's in danger. You need to like pick it up, man. And Boyd's like, we don't have time for this. (laughs) I cannot deal with jim right now like honestly if there was a hit list of characters that are main characters on this show that i want to see go it is jim because between this bullshit with randall and sure he tries to kind of walk it back and say this isn't how it was supposed to go down but also i definitely instigated all of this drama yes and then we get to colony house later and he wants to open the door to go and be with his family. I was like, Jim, this is not your first night in town. What the fuck are you doing? You don't go outside after dark. Everybody knows this. Again, I feel like sometimes this show, and this is such a minor complaint because like overall I'm having the best of the time of my life this year. Oh, yeah. But like sometimes this show is like, we need to make a character do the dumbest thing possible. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean... Jim is not my favorite right now, clearly, but he's smarter than that. (laughs) One would think, and there's no reason for him to be so terrified for his family, apart from the fact that, yes, we've got this new situation where we can't go to bed, but also they're all together. So I don't know why you're so fucking worried. Like, you don't know that Julie has been attacked by cicadas at this point. So I don't know why you're so fucking desperate. Listen, like, it's almost like he just needs people to die. That seems to be his secret goal. <laughs> He's like, let's build a tower. Oh, no. Oh, Let my no. wife dig a hole in the basement. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> let's go out to the RV to do some reconnaissance. Oh, no. It, it's reading like those people who are like, am I the asshole? And they tell mm-hmm. them the story where they're definitely the asshole. That's what it feels like. Guess what, Jim? <laughs> you are always the asshole. <laughs> Unless yes. Randall is nearby, in which case, you're both the assholes. <laughs> I, the fact that they didn't tie Randall up immediately, 
Mm-hmm. I was like, you know better. And when he cuffed him, I was like, okay, so we're getting somewhere. There we go. Yeah. But then we're going to give him the gun? And I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> yeah. I was actually worried that he was just going to turn the gun on Donna and possibly shoot her. But then I thought, you know what? I think the show creators, the show writers know better than this because his real interest is proving that this is fake. So he would take the opportunity to go out and shoot a couple people. But I love that even when given that opportunity, he doesn't. He panics. Like, this is a character that is full of bullshit. We called it all along. You, sir? No, absolutely not. Like most in sales, he's all talk (laughs) and no bite. And so the moment you're like, fine, let's go. They're like, no, I just, no, that's not what I meant. It's like, it is what you meant. Sit down. But also he's dumb enough to literally break the window in the RV, which means not a protected space anymore. And we all have to bail. When he did that, I was like, you should have shot him, Boyd. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like my only criticism of Boyd is that he is lenient towards all the people that should be in the box. This is (laughs) true. I don't understand what happened. We're not using the box enough. Listen, when we met him, he was beckoning a man and showing him the remains of his wife and daughter. And now he's mm-hmm. like, nobody else needs to go there. I'm like, boy, you have started something good. <laughs> Do the I work. mean, if people are starting to put other people in danger, then they should go. Yes, absolutely. Sarah would have been in the box day one. Dale would have been in the second he stabbed my son. <laughs> um, Randa would have been there on arrival. I'd have been like, you seem like a problem. We're just going to put you in the box and just go and get it over with. Like, yeah, you you got a bad personality. I got a bad vibe off of you. We're just going to put you in the box preemptively. Exactly. <laughs> um, it would be a different town if I was in charge. <laughs> uh, a, a bit more authoritarian. A little more totalitarian, yeah. Less mouths to feed. Well, there is that. <laughs> So, okay, let's talk about Sarah. Not your favorite character, but I'm curious how you felt about these scenes with her and Kenny. I think this was really smart because we actually get to have the two characters hash out their shit to a certain extent. First, I was a little upset with Boy for making Kenny the babysitter of the woman who killed his father. That's just, Mm -hmm. that's wrong. And I think that's a lot of... The issues that his real son and his surrogate son are having with him. <laughs> he mm-hmm. makes choices. <laughs> um, secondly, I just, I still don't feel bad for her because she's always talking about how she's impacted and how it wasn't her real doing. And I'm just like, but right. at the end of the day, you killed people. Yes, indeed. No one's forgiving you. No one owes you forgiveness. <laughs> hmm yeah, I, I was, she was on my nerves as usual. And I was just like, stop talking to him. You killed his father. Stop talking to him. Just stop. Sit in silence. Well, I felt you must have enjoyed it when he kind of clapped back and told her, like, just shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear from you. I I guess what I appreciated is that even if you dislike this character, the show, it's making her more complicated. Like, she's not just, oh, I'm touched. I'm, you know, religious. I'm a psychopath. It's like, she is wounded. I still think that she's going to die in the next episode. Like, I think she's going to play the murder and possibly save Kenny and die in the process. But I like that we at least have gone on this journey as opposed to just saying, "Mm, well, this character's trash killer. Yeah, it does get more texture, even though, like, again, like, once you go down the path of I'm murdering because of voices, Mm -hmm. you don't get to come back from that. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I was really happy. Kenny was like, well, then fine. There's a gun in the top drawer. Leave me the fuck alone. I was very proud of him. He's been overdue for that moment. (laughs) Oh, we are far away from the Kenny we were first introduced to in season one, right? Like, this is not our little boy playing dress up. It's like, 
Kenny has seen some shit now. They finally broke Kenny. <laughs> the town finally <laughs> they really broke did. Marvin Gus is bubbling up. So is Kenny. And <laughs> he's like, I too have no patience now. <laughs> when he said, you know, oh, if you really want to go, let me tell you where that backup gun is. I thought, oh, our boy is gone. Yeah, he he is hard edged now. He will make hard decisions. Listen, I was expecting him to open the door and be like, go. Because that's what I would have done. And I was well. hoping he would just like, get the fuck out then. I mean, Barnaby does think, save the bullets. <laughs> right? You're going to need those. <laughs> Meanwhile, you can just go ahead and door dash them, Sarah, real quick, and call it a good night. I... <laughs> so, speaking of bullets, we try these bile silver bullets, and they don't seem to fucking work, unless I'm mistaken. Like, either Boyd is the worst shot we've ever seen, or those things didn't do a fucking thing. That's what I was thinking, because I'm like, have you actually hit any of the monsters? Because I see, I see you firing, I hear the bullets, mm-hmm. but like, also, I, I'm not seeing any contact. Yes, and we should clarify, folks, we were watching a screener with unfinished effects. So like <laughs> yes. the cicadas, we can see them, but they're not like properly rendered. So they very much look like white things on screen. So I don't know if we were meant to be seeing squibs or like bluid or something come out of any of these ghouls when boyd is shooting at them but from what i could tell it didn't look like he was hitting anyone yeah no because if the bullets do not work that means we have to keep reinfecting people with the blood and then like Mm -hmm. having them rub up against a monster which just feels like (laughs) we're not doing that come on it's also a very slow process Yeah, that, that's going to take a considerable amount of time, which I don't think we have anymore. No, I think that it's definitely all downhill from here. And we're just going to like, I, we're going to crash the finish line. And I'm really concerned because we know they love a cliffhanger. Mm, oh my god, we we are going to be dangling over a fucking cliffhanger for like two years. <laughs> and it's going to be awful. I can already tell, Sheree, you and I are just going to be screaming what we watch next week's finale. I just I need them to have like a backup stash of episodes somewhere in the universe like yellow jackets just be like saved one <laughs> right yes <laughs> um okay obviously there's still a lot to discuss but there is something else with Boyd he sees his dead wife and she says come to me and then we're also doing the Tabitha stuff where she's like speculating about the children guiding her to the lighthouse where they were being chained and that ties into the melody and the music box and I'm just like oh we gotta be going to that lighthouse that made me so happy because again I was like so Tabitha's off the overall mystery trying to solve smaller mysteries Mm -hmm. however this is going to be more important than whatever jim thinks he's gonna do (laughs) as usual (laughs) jim needs to go sit in a dark corner for a little bit and think about his choices and tabitha needs to start taking charge exactly she needs to be like look you're a stay-at-home dad now please get out of my way Mm -hmm. oh i have a mystery to solve Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, right? Because yeah, so she's making that breakthrough. And then we've also got Elgin sort of making his own breakthrough. I don't I don't know. I really do feel like this is tying into the escalation with the we can't sleep our dreams are actually affecting us. Like, it seems to me like from is telling us that the way people tell stories or certain people can now make fantasy elements reality. And it makes me nervous because I'm just like, if this is all somebody's nightmare, so help me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will I will throw a fit. Um, 
it, it does feel that way though doesn't it right like i think it's jade who makes the connection where he looks at victor's drawings and he sees two men in like military garb and he's like oh those are the people i saw out in the woods but then tabitha corrects him and says no these are just from victor's mom's stories so part of me is like okay so it's either something in the drawings is coming alive or it's something in stories is coming alive or Victor's sister is making all of this happen and it's like her connection to all of this I could definitely see her being part of it what I'm worried about is this is all Victor's head because I don't want that (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but also he likes it here this is all he knows the family that like randomly drove in happened to have a kid he could be friends with Mm -hmm. and I I think that if anything, this is Victor's doing somehow. Like, maybe he's repeating the things his mom told him and it's all coming true. I don't know. Because, again, mm-hmm. we don't know what this show is. We don't even know why it's no. called From yet. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> I feel like the simplest explanation is probably true because we did see, I think it was, like, Julie or maybe Fatima, like, poking at the board where everybody comes from. And I was like, you know what? It's just they come from all over. And also the monsters come from the woods or outside or something. It's like, I, I think we're probably overanalyzing the title. Probably. But, like, also everything means something. Like, mm. I've not really paid attention to season two's opening credits, but somebody tweeted today that like they think that they spotted Fatima and Ellis in the drawings in the opening sequence. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh no. (laughs) Because the, the drawings in the season two opening credits are definitely different. They've been updated for this season. So... I I just assumed it was like, oh, yeah, we're kind of doing stuff that ties into what happened back in the first two episodes where Boyd was in the tunnel slash the lighthouse. But I mean, yeah, we probably should have been paying closer attention. Because I know in season one, there was that drawing that could have easily been those two, but it was more of an Adam and Eve situation. Like, I don't like Mm -hmm. that. Religion is scary. Um, (laughs) But I didn't think to check for this season's credits. And so I'm going to do that before the next episode to be like, oh, yeah, I see stuff. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does all seem to be culminating around storytelling and people's nightmares and their fears and that kind of stuff. And it does seem to be things that were either in our heads or in our imagination are now becoming literal and reality and they can hurt us. So because we we also got the, the story... You know, when Sarah was talking to Kenny, she says Nathan was afraid of cicadas and we're really focusing on how they are now manifesting and going into people. And she says, what if that's his nightmare out there? I think that's partially correct, but also a bit of a red herring. Um, but even like when Tian Chen brings out the games and we're talking about that, uh, to reassure Ethan, they say, you know, we get to decide how our stories end. I was like, okay, we're we're leaning on this a lot between multiple different characters. So I think we're meant to take something away from that as an audience. Yeah. The thing about Nathan Cicada fear also, mm-hmm. like what if most of these changes are because we just lost so many people last season and so all their fears are manifesting. And that's... Right. I, again, yeah. there's so many mysteries and I don't <laughs> understand, but I love it. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I think the big trick is going into next week's finale to not expect to get a ton of resolution. I think we might 
lose a person. I think we're going to end on a giant cliffhanger that's going to be really difficult. And I think we might start to get a hint of where things will go in a potential season three. Same, same. And I, I'm i just hoping that my favorites survive whatever this cliffhanger situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm good if Jim and Julie die. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I prefer it to be Sarah and Dale, but here we are. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I'll be very interested to see what becomes of our three who have been taken. So are they going to be out for the entirety of the episode? Is that going to drive people into the woods? Is winter going to come on faster than we expected? Like, I'm interested to see what the timeline is. I have a feeling we're going to keep it relatively contained. Like, we noticed that all three of these people are now in weird comas. And what do we do now? Yeah, it feels it feels like a weird fairy tale mixed mm-hmm. with to go to a new Stephen King. Like, are you familiar with Storm of the Century? Uh, I know of it, but I haven't seen it in forever. It's one of my favorites. I've not revisited it in a minute, so like mm-hmm. grain of salt because Uncle Stephen is Uncle Stephen. Right. But like <laughs> the being that comes to town, um, who they find out his real name is Legion. He's there for the kids. And because people are shenaniganing, he's like, fine. And he like does whatever he does and all the kids just fall out. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you need to make a decision whose kid stays with me and who gets to come back. I'll take them all. Right. Okay. So we might have to give up the three to protect the rest of the town. But of course, we've chosen three that have strong ties to everybody. So that's not going to happen. I mean, Randall can go. But Randall like, can go. <laughs> oh, might... you want just one? Can you just take one? We'll give you Randall. Randall's a freebie. You know what? We'll kick him in with a free set of tires. Listen, <laughs> it's a free pancakes. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> diner coupons. Um, I I think that Julie will definitely be the one that's like, no. And we need to keep Mariella because, like, when she's done going through withdrawal, we need another medic. Like, we right. just do. Well, and... and... We like their story, too, right? Like, this has been interesting. The The withdrawal stuff has actually been less painful than I expected the storyline to be. So I quite like this actress, this character, what she brings to the show. So I'm like, okay, that's a character I want to keep. Yeah, like, I definitely, she's grown on me. Again, I'm excited to see how her, um, Christy, and Kenny move forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ruffle, right there, yep. I think it's time. Like, you know, <laughs> they can have a house together because I'm sure he's tired of with his mom and eight strangers at all times. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the funniest thing about this show is that we can speculate forever about all of the outstanding mysteries. But then when it comes time to say, okay, so what do we think will happen in the next episode? It's like, I don't know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, finale next week. I don't think we're going to get a wedding anymore, but I do think we might send people into the woods. I think it's time. I think it's time to find that tower. I'm hoping Tabitha and Boyd talk, because, again, Jim is worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but together, Boyd could be like, I know a tower. I didn't get to, like, explore it, but I know, I think, roughly what you're talking about. And right. maybe I didn't get to the bottom of something. Yeah. Do you think that was really Boyd's wife, or do you think that was just, like, I don't know. I've wondered that since we heard her voice when he was in the woods with Sarah last season. Mm-hmm. Because clearly these monsters, or whatever is in charge, loves messing with Boyd, and so I don't yeah. know if these things are real, or if they're just like, ha-ha, gotcha. 
And again, it's another mystery in the mystery. It's a box of mysteries. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mystery wearing three mystery hats on top of itself. Exactly. It's a tatarkiki of mysteries. You just like reaching in and pulling out another. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this fucking show. Honestly, I'm like, I just want to hear it. Stop recording so that you and I can just go and watch the finale. (laughs) 100% I'm doing that the moment we're done. (laughs) Excellent. Well, in that case, Sheree, how can people find you? <laughs> you can find me at Miss Sheree on Instagram and Twitter. And I I will not know what is happening, <laughs> clearly, but I am excited to talk about it. There we go. Yes. Where can I find you, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I can be reached at B, still my remote, and that's the letter B. And if you want to get in touch with both of us, it's at you should underscore watch. And we welcome all theories and manner of speculation. In addition to that, thank you, as always, to the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network for hosting the show. We will be back for the finale next week, and I feel like I'm already going to be very upset, and we're just going to have so much to talk about. (laughs) I'm going to probably cry. It's fine. Well, there's that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kiss Scream Pod Squad.